Hello, and welcome to an intro to Anthro with Two Humans. I'm human number one, John McRae. And I'm human number two, John Lear. And this is the podcast where we reassess what it means to be human. And the title of today's episode is, So You're Dead, Now What? The Significance <laughs> of Burials and Grieving. So, oh, this so is a John, good one for us, because we're closing in on this. <laughs> I, I feel like we need this information. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, you know, John, there's, uh, there's a time in everyone's life where they have to confront their own mortality. Yes. For you and me, it's going to be the next 60 minutes. <laughs> We're going to talk about it. We're going to get this out of the I way. Am, I'm so comfortable with this. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how I'm going to feel when you get when I get closer. I'm sure I'll panic and yeah. freak out and go out kicking and screaming. Yeah. But uh, right now, I feel like, yeah, bring it. I'm all right. I'm good. Really? Yeah. Right. Okay. I think I'm right. peace. <laughs> I mean, I know I have a lot more to live, but I'm just saying, yeah. like, I feel like I've, uh, I've, I've, I've rung it out pretty well, you know? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I mean, there's something may happen. I mean, you may, you do still have a lot of life left, hopefully. Or not. And, I could die yeah. right after this podcast. <laughs> Please. That could it would be dramatic. If you it can, would be if a you good could. podcast. If, oh, if yeah. I do, make sure my kids upload it because I handle all the technical <laughs> side of things. Uh, Mr. McRae handles, well, he does really all the work, but I do, <laughs> do, do that side. So you'll have yeah. to get Hudson to upload Oh God! Up you this me, episode. Text, before we go any further, text me his, uh, his phone number <laughs> so I can get a hold of him. Just in he case. He doesn't answer his phone. You've tried to make it. You don't even know how to get a hold of my son. You couldn't get a hold of him if you tried. (laughs) I'd have to drive out there and like wait outside (laughs) your house. (laughs) Uh, To give you a little background on how this episode came about, uh, I recently, back in August, I was reading an article in the Las Vegas Optic. And that's the newspaper in Las Vegas, New Mexico. Yes. Yeah. We got to make that clear. Everybody's yeah. going, wait, Las Vegas has a paper called The Optic? <laughs> yeah. No. This is, I'm this talking is about the original, the original <laughs> Las the Vegas. Not that, yeah. Not that knockoff over in Nevada. This is the original <laughs> Las Vegas. And uh, apparently could, it's an article by Vanessa Maciel, who's a reporter for The Optic. And she was writing about that construction crews at New Mexico Highlands University, which is my alma mater. Yes. Go, Cow- <laughs> go Cowboys. They're the Cowboys. Uh, okay. They're the Cowboys. Yeah. I, I did not know that. Uh, they were digging a trench. A construction crew was digging a trench on campus to put in a new sprinkler system, like a oh, fire suppressant system at uh, I know Sininger where this Hall. is headed. I know where <laughs> this is going. Sininger Hall, which is uh, the business building. Mm-hmm. And oh. it's right on the quad. There's a little a small quad there. It's a small school. Yes. Uh, but there's a small quad. Sininger Hall is right there on campus. And as they were working, digging the trench to put in this new fire suppressant system, oh, human bones started coming up. That's, I knew it. <laughs> I knew some legs yeah. and arms and skulls were coming up. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, this wasn't a murder scene. Come to find out, this wasn't a murder scene. Uh, the university is actually built on the location of an old 19th century Hispanic cemetery called the Campo Santo de Las Vegas. Oh my god, so you're all cursed. 
If you're a cowboy, <laughs> you're cursed. Now. I don't know. I don't know. Yes, is... we all learned that in uh, what was the yeah, movie? Older uh, guys. Older guys. <laughs> yeah. You yes. Moved you moved the <laughs> gravestones, but you didn't move the bodies. You it? son of a bitch! Now tie a rope <laughs> around me and throw me into the. <laughs> yeah. Into the abyss. Yeah. Into the afterlife. So great. Uh. And, you know, I knew about it from going to school there because this wasn't the first time this <laughs> this has happened. Jesus. Uh, there was another time when they were doing work, again, on Sininger Hall. Uh, Don't and as they started... a class at Sininger Hall. <laughs> Signature? Is it? What is S- it? Sininger. 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 I don't know who Sininger is, but he's not <laughs> resting in peace. I'll tell you that much. Jesus. But... But they, uh, back in like, before I went to school there, uh, same thing. They were doing some work over at Sininger Hall. And as soon as they started digging, uh, all these uh, bones, these were human remains started coming up. I mean, but it's not surprising. I mean, yeah. humans have been dying for hundreds of thousands. Every, <laughs> there's bones everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And someone, wherever you're standing right now listening to this podcast, someone, probably a few someones, have died yeah. right where you're sitting. Yeah, I was thinking about, you know, we talk about in our rad episode how, like, people say, if you're in a city, with you're probably within 50 feet of a rat. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It's, it's probably, I would say you got to throw in, like, some unmarked cemetery in there, too. Hell because yes. You're probably... <laughs> uh, so anyway, this, uh, this was a Hispanic cemetery. It's not a Native American cemetery, so it's not okay. covered by the Native American Graves Protection and Repatriation Act of 1990. And what that act said is, uh, well, basically, it's called NAGPRA, and you'll see it come up anytime that there's Native American remains or cultural uh, items that are being sent back from a museum. Mm -hmm. But NAGPRA basically said that uh, human remains of any ancestry must at all times be treated with dignity and respect. Mm. And it also says that uh, Native American remains or artifacts removed from federal lands or tribal lands. Mm -hmm. Again, NAGPRA only applies to federal lands or or tribal lands. And by federal lands, they also mean any universities or museums who get federal funding. Uh, They belong in the first instance to lineal descendants, uh, Indian tribes and Native Hawaiian organizations. And uh, again, this is where you'll see often in the news where people are, uh, museums will be sending back or repatriating uh, remains that they had in their collection. Yeah, you can't have my great grandfather's (laughs) head in your museum. It's just not cool. Yeah. And, you know, believe it or not, you know, (laughs) you need to. Yeah. But you can't have the head in a glass case. Right, right. And believe it or not, there, there was a time that, People did that, you know, up until recently, but basically beginning in the uh, 1800s, archaeologists as well would go out and just excavate burial mounds and Mm -hmm. just dig up the remains and put them in a box and ship them them back east. Yeah, put them in a glass case and there you go. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, yeah. We should do an episode on museums because there's a whole... There's a whole world of that stuff. And you're yeah. the guy to know it. You know museums. <laughs> so it is on our list. I will have to put together, oh, I'll good, put together one for us. Yeah, yeah we'll talk about trip. it. They're so trippy. Yeah. There's a lot. They're not just like a big building full of stuff. There's no. a, lot, a lot of decisions, a lot of cultural 
And uh, I've been to some weird museums, man. I've been yeah. to some weird places <laughs> that call themselves museums. Yeah. Basically, basically yeah. It's, uh, yeah, the definition of what a museum is or what a collection is as well is yeah. something interesting. So we'll do that in another okay. episode. Okay. Uh, but like you mentioned, it, you know, it's essentially like somebody going down to Mound Valley, Kansas, or down to uh, El Dorado, and and just like digging up our relatives. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, and by the way, like he didn't the... mispronounce it. It is El Dorado. <laughs> it's not El Dorado. They changed. <laughs> yeah, El Dorado. Yeah, yeah. It's like just going up and dibbing, digging up old W. C. Lang, my grandfather. Yeah, putting him in yeah. a glass case. <laughs> Saying, here's a Norwegian skull from yeah, yeah. from Kansas in the, in the 20th century. Uh, you mentioned El Dorado. Yeah, it's funny that uh, just because we're there, we'll have to maybe come back to it about local pronunciations. But in, in oh southeastern God, in Kansas, El Dorado, Nevada, you know, yeah. just all these uh, all these names are mispronounce i don't know if it per like if they tried to mispronounce them oh, or it's all it over la i live on yeah. los files boulevard <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh but anyway we'll come back to that too but the remains found at highlands uh again were not covered by nagpra but there was still a procedure uh that people that the university had to go through and the first thing was that uh, the state medical investigator and law enforcement were called out because anytime people find human remains, the first thing you got to prove is like, are they historical remains or was there actually a crime that was this recent and there was a crime committed? I'm bummed there was no crime. I wanted a big <laughs> murder happening on your campus. Uh, after that, they, they said that the law enforcement said, yeah, it doesn't look like there was a crime committed here. So then the, the Office of the Archaeological Studies uh, and the State Historical Preservation Office were called out. And what they do is they kind of look and see, like, well, what's the uh, significance of the remains? And then they what they do is they recommend some uh, cultural um, resource management firms, CRM firms that can come out and uh and excavate the remains and catalog them that's then, what we need we should invest in a, a consultancy <laughs> company yeah yeah come out and those are like remains. most of your you know you have you have uh academic archaeology and then you have like crm firms who uh are basically they're the ones that i think we've talked about before they're like the uh the higher guns that go out and kind of you know if a if a highway or something discover some remains they they had those are the archaeologists that go out and just like let's just excavate this thing and catalog it you know what i wow. mean so um but anyway all of this got me thinking it, it, like how often does this happen that these unmarked graves are discovered i bet all and, the time <laughs> yeah so <laughs> all I, the time I, yeah for i just searched for this year in the united states and canada and I was just trying to see, like, well, did this happen some other time? And I got, I had to stop at six, six wow. different articles about <laughs> all over the country in Canada about these, these unmarked graves. Uh, but this, again, I just want to say that this doesn't include uh, the discovery of unmarked, or what I'm talking about, doesn't include the discovery of unmarked graves at Native American boarding schools. Okay. Which, yeah. again, United States and Canada, that's an awful situation. And yeah. I think to do it justice, we'll have to come back to that and do an episode specifically on Native American 
residential boarding schools and Jesus. unmarked graves there. Um, but I found, just to give you an idea of some of the different uh, uh, unmarked graves that have been found uh, this year, in October 2023, a Native American burial ground was found when workers were excavating an underground parking garage in Redwood City, California. Uh, in August of this year, up in Saskatchewan, Canada, they found uh, unmarked graves outside the former Boval Indian Residential School, probably mm. of Native American students. Uh, in August, in Alabama, the Birmingham Zoo in Birmingham, oh Alabama, oh God. <laughs> reported that there were more than 4,700 unmarked graves. Oh, my God. Hey, what's one of the hyenas the digging up over there? <laughs> Does that look like a femur? Yeah. Yeah, you just see you a imagine? lion walk by with a femur bone in its in its mouth. Yeah, Jesus, yeah. what is that? And they say it was a potter's field or a graveyard for the poor at one time. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I think they're trying to expand the zoo a little bit. So this article was talking about how, again, they're going to have to go in and excavate and try to move some of those those human remains that are there. Well, soon this is not going to be. You're not going to have this problem moving forward because. Pretty soon we're going to run out of food and have to eat each other. So it's all going to be Soylent Green. Yeah. So there'll be what no more graveyards. What do you do with the bones? That's you grind them up and put them in. It's like a power drink. It takes two <laughs> scoops of Soylent Green. It's a protein shake. Yeah. Yeah. That's I what we're going to be doing. They ate it in wafers on that one, right? It yeah. wasn't like We'll have wafers. We'll have power drink. It'll look great. Yeah. Yeah. It'll look, taste just- good, too. You're talking about just having like in one of those big jars that you get at Sprouts or something. <laughs> just reach in there and you can add it to your orange juice or to your smoothie. Yep. Ooh, it's delicious. <clears throat> Filling too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, like we were just saying, John, you know, this. it seems like these unmarked graves, they're everywhere. And, and, they, and you're like, how does that happen? How does that? And, uh, you know, Mary and I were up in Las Vegas, uh, New Mexico, this weekend, and she actually has uh, some family that's buried there. And her, she had a great great grandfather who lived in Las Vegas and was is buried up there. And it's true, you go out there to these old cemeteries, and you you know you've reached the point where you can't read what's on mm-hmm. the gravestone. Mm-hmm. Uh, some grave, the sh- ground is shifted, and you know the gravestones. It's the way have- it's supposed to be, man. We just go right <laughs> back to the stardust that we were. Yeah, listen to you. <laughs> just let it let it go. You, hey, when I kick, you don't even need to put a tombstone up for me. <laughs> Just bury you know me the, in your backyard. You know that uh, that that thing I bought you for your garden. Yeah, uh, yeah. What is that thing? The composter. Just yeah, put me yeah. in there. Just compost me right into. Just put you me know, out by uh, by your wife's Barbie uh, share house. <laughs> share house. You know, you know what I was going to? I was just going to put you in your Prius and drive you out to the airport and <laughs> leave you in the long term parking. <laughs> I'm not even taking the ticket because there's no way I'm going to pay for that. <laughs> Did you see what's in Lot C? Did you walk by that Prius? <laughs> He's been there for years. Look at that car. We don't even drive cars anymore. <laughs> don't disturb him. It looks like he's sleeping. Bezos, uh, you know my billionaire idea of getting all of our trash yeah. flown into the sun by, by billionaires? Yeah. I yeah. Wonder, they should take all of our bodies too. Hey, Bezos. Yeah, my aunt kicked. Come pick her up. Put her in your <laughs> rocket ship. Be like a giant, like 
mosquito zapper or something <laughs> outside. Just exactly. going into the sun. You could just That's watch right. it. Just send yeah. us right into the sun. I'd like yeah. that. You're before your time. You're before your time. And in, in this, in this, like twenty minutes, you've already given us like soylent green powder drinks. Yep. You've given us. We're going back to start. I'm a futurist. I'm a futurist. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, I'm very good at analyzing what's coming our way. Uh, so anyway, John, I, I was already thinking about cemeteries, and then we received an email from a listener, Josh. Oh, who asked, and this was Josh's question, why do we as humans have such reverence for burying those who have passed? Yes. Very and that's a great question. question. I think that's mm-hmm. a great question. And just before we begin, I just want to say that uh, in her book, Funerals to Die For, Kathy Benjamin says that humans are not the only animals to have some sort of burial practice, but we are by far the most complex about it. Yeah. Well, well elephant. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say elephants. I thought you were going to go yeah. right there. <laughs> so she says, while elephants may return to their elephant graveyards to die, it can be argued that humans started becoming human the first time they added items to a grave for no other reason than so the corpse, or at least their spirit, would have those things in the afterlife. Yeah. So, yeah. so John, we're going to take a look at burial customs today excellent and grieving so yeah i think when you're self-aware when you're aware of being aware uh which is what humans are then you be the first thing that comes into play there or one of the few first few things that comes into play is like oh shit i'm gonna die (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna i'm i'm aware that i am therefore there will be a time when i am not yeah. And what happens yeah. then? And I'm terrified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, I mean, do you think about, I mean, you've already said like you're okay with, it, but do you think about death a lot? Do you, do you fear I mean, death? I, or? Sometimes I pray for it. You know, I'm a, yeah. I'm a, um, I'm a recovering alcoholic. So I'm like, you know, which is basically, I think, uh, yeah. suicide. Uh, is somebody who wants to commit suicide, but is too uh, wimpy to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So too afraid to do it. So I don't know. I mean, I think everybody does a little bit, but I don't know. It's weird. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm all right. You know, I'm like, whatever, bring it. I mean, I, you know, who knows how I'll feel in a few years, but. Yeah. I, yeah, I would say, uh, because I have depression and when I wasn't medicated, I feel like there was a time when I thought about death a lot more. I know and, I was and, there. <laughs> yeah, every other word out of my mouth was about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I mean, it was I thought about more kind of philosophically or kind of mm-hmm. like romantically, like Baudelaire yes. or like the romantic poets or something. You, were you know, nihilist. What I mean? you were yes, those yeah. were good times. Yeah, a lot of alcohol <laughs> and a lot a lot of depression. <laughs> yeah, a lot of good conversations. That's, that's when our friendship sealed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> But the thing is, now that I'm medicated, I'm kind of like, you know, what? What's the rush? <laughs> you know, I'll get there when I get there. Go on, I'm, you know. I still I'm feel coming. the same, like when I get there. But in the time being, yeah. let's, let's enjoy. Yeah, I agree. I'm with you on that. Yeah, I think we're both much happier than we were when we were in our yeah. teens. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> the in conversations 20s. aren't as interesting. I don't <laughs> no, think, or maybe no. what, what I think of the conversations. But. Uh. Do you have plans for what's going to happen to you when, None. when you die? None at all. Really? 
No uh, funeral yeah. arrangements? Or- nothing. I got nothing. I don't have a plot. I got nothing. <laughs> a whole lot of nothing. What about you? Yeah. Do you have something? Uh, well, you know, right now the idea is for me, uh, I want to be cremated because I don't okay. want to, no, no, never left behind. Leave it like the old camping thing, you know, leave yeah. it better than you, you found you it. Found it. You, want me to, <laughs> you want me to jettison you into the sun? I'll have Bezos do I, it. <laughs> well, uh, no, but there's, there's uh, Mary's family's buried in this little tiny cemetery up in mm-hmm. northeastern New Mexico. Oh, and, that's perfect and ju- for you. I know. I love God it. Damn it. Just... I have to hold my ass all the way up there. <laughs> That's the whole thing. Nobody's <laughs> going to ever come visit me. Uh, but we have to bury you. So I'll have to come yeah. up there. If you die before Mary, which is likely, but uh, yeah, I'll have to fucking drive out there. Yeah. Well, the <sighs> thing is, it's uh, the plots are really cheap because it's so remote. There's How nobody much? out. There's, there's only like 35 bucks or something. I don't really? Know. I'm going to get yeah. buried up there. Can I be next to you? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to make myself get buried face face down on you. <laughs> that would be awful. That would be awful. I'm just no, at you for eternity. It, look, he wrote it out. You like forged. Spread, like, I want to be spread eagle. <laughs> face down. Oh, Eyes just, open. So I can look right at you, right into our, your soul. Our spirits, our spirits. <laughs> Be like that George Saunders. Did you read the George Saunders book? Like no. Lincoln and the Bardo or whatever. It's uh-uh. all Lincoln right after he dies. And all the spirits are still, <laughs> we just be our two spirits would just be looking at each other. Uh, but the thing doing is, it. it's, <laughs> it's, it's so remote. Like I say, you could probably just go out there. Like nobody would ever know. You, you could just, just go out there and dig your old, own yeah. hole and just, well, sure. you know. Yeah. yeah, I could even do that when I start. If I'm not feeling well, I could go out there and just start digging my hole. <laughs> just lay down in there, bring a pillow, yeah, throw some brush over it. Uh, we actually went to a, a a funeral for one of her relatives that was being buried out there, and again, it's like her relative had passed away in Albuquerque, and you have to notify the people up there, and then they dig the hole, for, you know, for for the casket to be brought up, and. And the guy, you know, he he uses like a frame for like a standard size casket. Well, this when <laughs> when her relative got up there, uh, she was in like a liner, a casket liner, uh-huh. which made it too too wide. So oh, they went to drop it into the hole. No, and, and it, it wouldn't fit. Stuck? Oh, it wouldn't man. fit. Yeah, that's hilarious. And, and fortunately, I, every time we go up there, I take a shovel with me. Because I fill in uh, prairie dog holes because there's a lot of prairie dogs up there uh-huh. also. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was like, you know, as they were there, I was like, hey, I have a shovel. <laughs> so I got my shovel and, and the grave digger, it? we widened it and got got the casket in there. But Jesus, another, but another job for your resume. Grave digger. <laughs> the yeah. People were able to pull it out. So it started to go in and we Jesus. realized that it was was too wide. Oh my and god! And the the grave digger up there just felt awful be, because he was like, you know, the, it's a standard form. I've never seen one this wide. I just did so, the standard form. So what did you do? You you and he just worked around the the radius of the, I mean, the perimeter of the, and just well, I I gave <laughs> I gave him the shovel, but the grave okay. digger jumped down in the hole and just like just widened it. You know what I mean? It wow. was just like you. It's like. Yeah, yeah, we're not coming back for this. You know what I mean? Wow. Like, um, 
but yeah, I would say there's something, it was emotionally satisfying Mm -hmm. or I don't know, but there was something, the grieving process to be involved in the actual digging process. I guess. Well, you know, with uh, the, you know, I I love when you go to, uh, Hmm. uh, uh, burials where you grab a little piece of some of the dirt yeah. and throw it onto yeah. the casket. I love that. And I also, uh, there, the, I mean, you know, the, there's this tribe, sub tribe inside Judaism that are related yeah. to Aaron, supposedly Moses's brother. Yeah. And they, and, and, um, they're called the Kohim. And yeah. usually if your last name is Katz or Cohen, there's a few of them. You're, you're, but the only way you know if you're part of the Kohim is if your father tells you. So it gets really? passed down. Yeah. And then your, your parent will say, we're part of the Kohim tribe because his father, his father, his father, his father. Wow. So, and then you find out and then, and you are now. Um, a priest that can be yeah. involved in the preparation of the body, uh, and, and whether you wow. decide to do it or not, you're you're yeah. you're now. Uh, isn't that cool? So it's like this that secret. Cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Yeah, like my friend Lauren you- Katz, she's a Kohim. Really? Are you a mm-hmm. Kohim? No, can you? <laughs> I can't. Right, you can tell me. I can't. You can say. tell me. I can't say. Me. It's like the Masons. Okay. I'm not, but I'm going to prep your body. That's the <laughs> oh, the, the one more thing about when we were up there and they dug that hole for her relatives yeah. uh, funeral. Yeah. Uh, there as when they dug into it there, it ran into another grave, like an unmarked <gasps> grave right next to hers. And so you could look into that other grave and see a casket in there. Oh my God. So, <laughs> That's, I mean, like unmarked graves are out. everywhere. You know? Oh Jesus! Or, or you could see. I mean, I didn't look too closely, but you could see into the other hole and see like the casket in there. I think they should start uh, burying us standing up. You know, it'll save more real estate. Yeah, it makes it makes sense. It just, makes sense. Just, yeah, just take you know those <laughs> uh, fence post uh, things to dig out a hole. For yeah, a you just get a giant one of those. And then you just drop the body down in there. It was save on room. Definitely save on room, I think. Yeah. You got to duct tape their uh, arms together. Yeah, but I thought, you, you know, when, to... when, you, when you, they dug in there and they saw that other body, it was kind of like a, somebody parking right next to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like somebody yeah. camping right next to you. It oh, was. Uh, you don't want to ding the yeah. door. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, in the textbook, Evolution and Prehistory, the Human Challenge, archaeologists William de Havilland and others say that it's quite rare to find entirely preserved fossil skeletons dating before the cultural practice of burial began mm. about 100,000 years ago. Wow. So we're looking at 100,000 years ago, probably uh, modern humans and Neanderthals started burying people. Not that and, long ago. No, and a lot the of reason why you died. don't <laughs> a lot. I know. Where do we put them all? You know? I don't. Uh, <laughs> gonna have to eat them soon. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, and the thing is, you know, it's like, why do you not find uh, complete burials or complete fossil skeletons at that? And it was because usually, like, if you were just the bodies just left out in the open, animals get to it. Mm-hmm. And animals will start to take away, you know, 
the bones. They'll start to eat on the flesh that's left. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one time in grad school, our forensic anthropology class used to do a mock crime scene where oh. they would put plastic, plastic bones out and, out and then kind of set it up like a crime scene. Then we would come in and, and like analyze it, you know, investigate the crime scene. Oh. And one time, even with uh, they had put out some plastic bones up near Cimarron, New Mexico, and even plastic bones. Uh, what happened is they, when we went out there, animals had got to the plastic bones what? and taken the plastic bones. Like a coyote out. just yeah. walking by going, huh, like a toy <laughs> yeah. almost? It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Or like, so it's weird. So probably somebody will find uh, a plastic femur <laughs> somewhere <laughs> up in there and think that there was a crime scene. And then what's the... They come out and analyze it. Be like, it's plastic. <laughs> it's, it's plastic. Yeah, put it in your pool. Happen. It's a flotation device. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kathy Benjamin in her book again, "Funerals to Die For," says that while there is evidence that some pre-human prodigies may have started adding a flint knife or two to graves as early as three hundred twenty thousand years ago, it was only about a hundred thousand years ago that the ritual burial really took off. Wow! And then she says. Once humans develop language, they could explain their ideas about life and death to others. And I think mm-hmm. that's interesting because it was like you needed language to kind of explain the purpose, why we were doing that, why, yeah. like where they were going or why it was important. To organize our thoughts, which is such a trip. The idea yeah. that I, I, what thinking was before language is such a trip yeah. to me, you know? Yeah, because we have Imagine the same trying to ex- We have the same brain, the, right? We have the same yeah, hardware. Yeah. So yeah. what were we doing? What was happening inside that noggin of ours back then? Before you had thought. <laughs> I mean, before you had language. What yeah. was thought? Very cool. Yeah, yeah, and and trying to explain a, a concept like death or the afterlife. I mean, death maybe you could do through limited language, but the afterlife yeah. or like spirit like what happened tried to explain that without language amazing (laughs) it's tough yeah and then she said by about twelve thousand years ago every culture had their own special way of disposing of the dead Hmm. and in the textbook archaeology and introduction kevin green and tom moore again note that uh human remains have been regularly treated with respect as early as twenty five thousand years ago Wow. So we know definitely by 25,000 years ago, probably going back to 100,000, possibly even back to 320,000 years ago, that people were ritually burying Doing their Doing something. 320,000 yeah. years, you're just putting their knife on top of their body, right? <laughs> yeah. And then 100,000, yeah. we start yeah. burying them. And then, wow, crazy. And then, and then it becomes more ritualized, more ritualized. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, there also appears evidence, like I said, of Neanderthal burial rituals. And, uh, you know, an example is in 1960, and, and this has been a lot of the things that they thought were Neanderthal ritual burials have been disproved. They've been found out to be like natural processes. Mm-hmm. And and so uh, an example is in 1960 at the Shanadar cave site in Kurdistan, Iraq. Uh, they found a Neanderthal skeleton with uh, flower pollen near it. Hmm. And 
And so for a long time, like the people back in the 1960s, the archaeologists were like, well, this flower pollen looks like it could have come from, you know, people laying flowers or Neanderthals oh, laying flowers uh-huh. next to the body. Right. <clears throat> but then it was only recently in 2014 that archaeologists were working at the site and they found more like uh, pollen, flower pollen on the surface of the cave floor. And so they were like, wait a second, if this had been left at the same time through a, a flower, a bouquet being left, then it should have been buried under the, buried with the body under layers yeah. of dirt instead yeah. of being on the surface of the dirt like it is now. Turns out there's so, just a lot of pollen in the area. <clears throat> yeah. So it yeah. could have been, or they think that there were uh, possibly bees, like ground dwelling bees. Had brought pollen back into the cave and what? were digging their nest in the floor of the cave. In the floor, what the bees um, are doing that? So it's the, crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so then they, uh, you know, Fader and Park say that there, there's a ba- debate about whether these rituals and burials, what they actually meant. And of course, mm-hmm. we've talked about it before. It's hard to, like in uh, cognitive archaeology, it's hard to tell what the symbolism actually meant. Yeah, uh, but they say did this represent a spiritual belief system or a belief in the afterlife or were they just disposing of a body? <laughs> right. So it's just, right. You know. Well, I can imagine hmm. back in the day, if somebody yeah. you knew from your tribe died and, yeah. and their body is there and, and there, it's just ugh, getting grosser yeah. and animals and, you know, like even yeah. ritual yeah. aside, you just kind of want to get rid of it so that you don't have to look at your dad. Right. Yeah. You know, have maggots all over him. I'm sorry, yeah. but that, you know, and, and yeah. so you would bury them. I mean, I mean, for me, it would be just like, I don't want to see that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, thank God we, we did come up with that. I mean, can you imagine if we still just let bodies just kind of like wherever they dropped, you just, <sighs> Just leave them there and just oh god, try, try to uh, just play around, play around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, I guess they used to do that with horses in the eighteen <clears throat> before car right right towards when there there was just so many people used horses and a horse would die, and you know it's fucking heavy and yeah, and yeah. it's hard to get and so they would wait for the horse to decompose a little bit to like yeah be able to throw it in a oh god oh, yeah. Remember we oh. talked about it in the trash episode. In the trash episode, we talk about all the horses that were mm. would die in New York City, and they oh. just leave them out there for a while. So yeah, what do you do with them? They're huge yeah. and heavy as hell. Oh yeah. God, <laughs> the good old days. That's mm-hmm. the good old days. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a site in uh, called the Sungir burial site near Moscow, Russia, dates to about twenty five thousand years ago. And it has five burials and all of the bodies are buried with like ivory beads, bracelets made of woolly mammoth ivory. Uh, And one of the bodies also had a belt decorated with polar fox teeth, which sounds kind of cool to me. Jesus. (laughs) Uh, And so, you know, you think about all the intentional burials or, you know, natural burials, but there's a lot of different burials throughout the world. Uh, going back many, many years. For example, we have the Toland Man, who was preserved for 2,000 years in a Danish peat bog. What? Uh, yeah, you bog. know. <clears throat> yeah, like peat, you know, like yeah. uh, vegetation that's been pressed down and damp. And peat is a very good, uh, it, it keeps out the oxygen and it's cold. 
And so you can have bodies uh, really well preserved found in peat. Mm. And and with the Tolan man, they think he was probably a sacrificial victim because he has a rope around his neck. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, that's like... <laughs> yeah. Somebody did something wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then in Peru, uh, it, they found a, a body of a, uh, a mummy of an Incan girl. Uh, she was about 12 to 15 years old when she died. Again, they think she was probably sacrificed. Jesus. Uh, in the 1400s. But she was preserved by the cold and dry up in the Andes. It was so mm-hmm. cold and dry, it like mummified her body. Well, that's like they say up when you climb Everest. You yeah. just, there are just bodies up there, bodies and empty oxygen cans all over the place <laughs> and poo. Doesn't that, yeah, and, and doesn't like that sound awful? It's doesn't that sound terrible. awful? Yeah. Why would anyone want to go up there just to do yeah. it? it? Because it was there. No, yeah. no. You don't yeah, they go say, someplace just because it was there. They, uh, they could date the bodies by the equipment that they're wearing. Oh my God. <laughs> They'll look at your sneakers or, or like your climbing oh. shoes and be like, Oh yeah. He must've died up there in the fifties or something. Oh yeah. God. Why would you do it? Why? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kathy Benjamin also notes the, and this is the famous one, the burial tomb of Qin Shi Huang in China. And he was the, the first, he lived around 221 BC. He was the first emperor of China and his, his tomb is 12,000 square feet and Whoa. was supposed to have a river of mercury running through it. Like what? liquid mercury. Yeah. <laughs> mercury well, that's running through him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably killed the whole crew. Yeah. Out as well. uh, My friend but, Scott Freiberg's dad had some liquid mercury in a vial and, and we'd yeah. go and play with it and roll it around in our hands. Oh, no. So when I you die, have- you're going to know why. I'd be like, hey, he had mercury poisoning. He's, yeah. He's like, yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. No wonder that'd I'm the way you, I am. Yeah, that'd drive you crazy. That'd drive you crazy. Yes. Mercury poisoning. Exactly. Uh, Chin Chi Huang also had the, you know, the terracotta warriors. Right. Have you heard of those? With yes, the 8,000 terracotta amazing. soldiers. Yeah. Incredible. Each has its own, each has its own hairstyle and facial what? expression. Yeah. Oh, come on. No, there's like seven <laughs> or eight that they just rotate around. Really? Just Each one? Mix, mix and match. You know what yeah, I mean? To try to come that's up incredible. With. <clears throat> that's incredible. Yeah. Towards the end of the project, it was probably like, just give him a smiley face. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, I've done the ponytail. I've done the bun. I've got yeah. the thing over here. The hair down. Yeah. Well, part yeah. it on the left. Part it on. I mean, how many? I can't. Come up with any more <laughs> hairstyles. Yeah, yeah, like how many expressions are there? How many expressions? Are there? He's Th- kind that, of thinking yeah. about something. This one's wistful. He's pensive. Yeah. yeah. Oh, at, God. <laughs> at the at the you know the last week of, of construction, it's like a bunch of ball guys with like, <laughs> like with yeah. no look on their face. Yeah, they're satisfied. <laughs> they're content. <laughs> Just crank them out. Uh. Another thing, kind of interesting, just to throw out while we're there, uh, incomplete bodies were sometimes buried after the corpse had been exposed to the elements or to animals. So see, you'd leave that. <laughs> you like that? It's like you see him getting eaten up, and you're like, "Oh God, we got to bury Steve. He looks. Yeah, oh, I can't. Yeah. He's over by yeah. the spring there, so I have to walk by him every morning. Yeah, he's looking right at me. <laughs> he's looking, looking right, right at me." At me. <laughs> And, and coming and going because one of his eyeballs rolled yeah. out and it's on the other side of the trail. Yeah. 
Yeah. We locked eyes. We locked eyes every time I go down there to get some water. <laughs> uh, John, I have to ask, uh, since we're here too, uh, is there anything you want me to toss in the burial, <laughs> toss in your burial with you? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Let's see. Well, definitely my my, my podcast microphone. I'd like to take that with me. <laughs> if you can, keep... Keep um, keep recording. Keep recording. The Wait. last seven years of my taxes, because I've got to hang on to those <laughs> in case. <laughs> don't shred them. I'll be like, don't shred them. Don't shred them. He wants them in there with him. Seasons two and three of ten <laughs> items or less. That'd be a good intro into the uh, afterlife. <laughs> take a headshot. You should take a headshot with you. <laughs> Uh, I have a Darth Maul in the original yeah. packaging that I'd like to. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll throw that one in there. Don't worry. Send it out you to me now so bitch. I have it. <laughs> so you I have son it. of a bitch. Oh, re-up, yeah. my, my, re-up all of my prescriptions and throw them in just in case I need them in the afterlife. In case you're not dead yet. Yeah. In case you're not dead. I'm not dead yet. Mm. Okay. You want a flashlight or anything? <laughs> yeah, maybe a flashlight. Yeah. Get my phone. Give me my mm. phone. And yeah. charge the battery before you put it in, yeah. please. <laughs> That's what I was thinking for mine. I, you know, just throw in a bag of chips and a cup of coffee and maybe a magazine. <laughs> I'm going to treat it like a flight, like I'm going on a flight. <laughs> okay, uh, done. <laughs> you know, at my my brother David's funeral, uh, his wife on his gravestone had a marijuana leaf and the Casey Chiefs Arrowhead logo oh, inscribed on it. That's yeah. fantastic. That is yeah. David. Yeah. That's I mean, David. it was like his favorite things, like yeah. the favorite thing he would do on Sunday. So why not put it out there for, you know, eternity? I think What's it was great. better than getting stoned and watching a football game. <laughs> I, know, I know. It's just so <laughs> soothing. So mm. soothing. Uh, in the introduction to the book, The Archaeology of American Cities and Grave Markers by Shireen Bauer and Richard Veit, uh, Michael Nassany says that monuments that commemorate death serve as physical reminders of those who came before us and the transitory nature of earthly life. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> that makes sense. There it's yeah. for uh it's for the living obviously. The burial right. is for the living. Uh right. which is like why you know when you know uh I'm I'm you know someone passes you got to go you you don't think you want to go to the funeral. Right. But you right. but you do. You got to go. Yeah. Because yeah. that's the uh, I don't know. There's a reason. There's a reason we've been doing funerals for 3000 years or right. more as you, as per uh, what you're saying. Yeah. But. And, and he says, you know, all societies from time immemorial have employed mortuary ritual to mend the torn social fabric caused by death. Yeah. And, and I think that's true because there's a hole in your life. There's a hole in uh, maybe your community when someone dies and it's that right. ritual, that mortuary, mortuary ritual or that remembrance that gives us all, it creates a space where yeah. we can all go there and, and grieve together and yes. try to put, put our lives back together. It's yes. like a little pause, a little gap yep. between yeah. our lives. <clears throat> I like that. Yeah. And uh, he also says that 
you know, the ways in which people recognize the dead and aim to soothe the grief of the living are learned behaviors that reflect in microcosm a society's values and beliefs. Mm-hmm. It's, and so it's, we pass down our funeral beliefs or our, yeah. our funeral customs. Yeah. And, and it, it, I don't, do yeah. you, I mean, like the, the leers, did the leers have certain things that you would do when someone died or? Not really. Drink heavily. Hmm. Yeah. We'd all drink heavily. Yeah. Uh, you know, Irish, I hmm. guess. That's the Irish yeah. uh, sort of wake, I guess. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's about it. Just drink really, really heavily at a bar afterwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's what we uh, did when my dad passed. We went, we, uh, we had his yeah. favorite bar. We all went there after and, uh, yeah. it was great. Everybody was there. And one of my cousins got so wasted <laughs> that he, uh, he and his sister got in this enormous fight. Yeah. And I don't yeah. know. There, it was the whole thing. There was something so great about the whole thing. I don't know. <laughs> you know what the weird thing was about my dad's funeral is yeah. my uncle David, who's my favorite uncle, just amazing guy. He yeah. calls me and he says, hey, when you're going through your dad's stuff, uh, bring me his guns. He had two <laughs> rifles. My dad had a shotgun, a twenty-two yeah. rifle, and a, um, a handgun. I, it must have been a twenty-two. And, uh, he's like, when you find him, bring him to me. And I'm like, uh, uh, and I'm like, uh, well, shouldn't, don't we have to, you know, isn't there some process? Like you re-register it to me. He's like, no, just bring him to me. (laughs) And I'm like, okay. So that's exactly what happened in the parking lot (laughs) of the cathedral. Uh, after we buried my, after we did the funeral, uh, or the yeah. you know the the wake I mean the the you know the uh, proceed the 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 what do you call it the yeah. memorial uh, yeah. he comes he pulls up to my car and I take him out <laughs> take my dad's guns out of my trunk and put him in my uncle David's he drove it's, off it's, it's like the uh, it's like the Godfather it's like leave the cannolis <laughs> yeah <laughs> I the gun leave the cannoli it was so funny uh, I remember at my dad's funeral, uh, my dad had left left a note that he wanted a certain guy to sing at his funeral, that he really loved wow. this guy's voice. Wow. And so we we went forever to track this guy down. Um, it was really hard. You had to like ask around and ask people right. who knew somebody and knew my dad. And we finally found him. And the guy was like, yeah, yeah, I'll come sing. And I remember at my dad's funeral, like my siblings and I, we were all crying. And then uh, this this guy starts singing and he's awful. He's awful. <laughs> <laughs> we just start, we start dying laughing. I mean, I don't know if my dad meant it as like a, the final practical joke or, or like maybe he was half crocked when he heard this guy. Yeah, I mean, there was probably, saying, they, were, you know, they were drinking buddies and he sounded like an angel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it was so great to go from like crying at the funeral to, to laughing, uh, to laughing giggling and feeling. laughing. I love yeah. it when somebody gives a eulogy that has both of those yeah, uh, yeah. emotions. It's such yeah. a great feeling. Yeah. Uh, so uh, another thing that uh, archaeology of American cities and grave markers notes is that Americans establish burial grounds and cemeteries with an eye toward permanency, unlike their European forebears who remo- removed human remains from their places of rest to make room for new new ones. So do you know that like if you get buried in Europe, yeah. you're only there for a few <laughs> a few decades or something right. until they until they, yeah, they move you and where do they put you? 
an ossuary, which is just where all the bones are stored. So, so that's sort of what they did in the with the church, right? They used to just throw everybody's bones down in the catacombs, and like right, at first, right. they, you know, I mean, if you were a noble, you'd have your own little uh, corner cabinet. But if yeah. you were a lesser, you would just be thrown in a big – because I, <laughs> I, when I was in um, Vienna, we went to the yeah. big church. I told you this and walked through the catacombs and yeah. there were just these yeah. giant rooms packed with bones. Yeah. It's yeah. so crazy. Yeah. And, and it's – what I find interesting is this idea that if you go to an American cemetery – yeah. The idea is that you're there for it. It's almost like property. You buy it yeah. like a piece of property. Yeah. Like you own, you can purchase it. You have a deed to your your plot. Yeah. And you'll be there forever. Yeah. But as we know now, like that's people not true. Digging you up in about a yeah, hundred no years. There's no forever. There's no forever. Yeah. yeah. At but, some point, uh, they're going to build a shopping mall on top of it <laughs> or something. Yeah. They're going to, that underground parking garage. And yeah. I got news for you. You're out of there. You know? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh, the other thing, American, in the early days, the colonial days, American settlers or like English settlers would often bury their dead on top of or it within uh, Indian burial mounds. And mm. again, it was like this kind of taking possession of the wow. land. Of like, OK, now we're taking you know, we're burying our dead. There. That is the fuck you of fuck yous, isn't it? Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, it is. And they say that there's there's a double standard in the treatment and care of the dead. Uh, for example, usually white graves, American white graves, uh, are seldom exhumed even for study without a lot of permission being, you know. Yeah, you can't just dig beforehand. somebody up. Yeah. Unless you're uh, brown, but like, and then you can. And, right. And then in like indigenous graves or African-American graves, uh, people just felt like, yeah, we could just go study those or do whatever mm -hmm. we want with mm -hmm. them. Mm. Uh, and the other thing that Bauer and Veidt say, which I think is interesting, is uh, grave markers are the above ground component uh, of American cemeteries and burial places are the ultimate historical fact. They are part material culture and part document. And what's mm. cool is that, you know, they actually, you have everything there. Like, <laughs> like you look on the grave, you have the name of the person, yep. when they lived, yep. you know, whether they served in the military, it's like and uh, soon graveyard. When we, all, when we all have chips in our heads, they'll like glue <laughs> the chip on the gravestone so you can just scan it and be like yeah. this their whole life. You've got their credit score. <laughs> you've got their Facebook yeah. page. You've got everything. Yeah. Actually, if you can uh, talk about my credit score at the – because I'm very proud of my credit it's score. It's fantastic. That I was <laughs> the fact that you were able to walk out of the basement you were in. Yeah, to be able yeah. to afford a, to be able to qualify for a house is un, <laughs> I can't believe to this day. Yeah, to this Do day that, I can't believe it. Am I? Please bring that up in my grade point average. And <laughs> my <grade point> <laughs> eulogy, please. You know, it is interesting. I, I joked around about Facebook page, but you do have Facebook pages of dead people. Like a friend of mine who was who was tragically <laughs> murdered. They still have his Facebook page, and every year, oh. like people will post on it. It's so interesting. Really? Do and, they ever uh, do the the messages from him? Do you get messages? <laughs> no. Because sometimes no, no. I get some from my mom. Like Don, Donna commented on. Oh, be like my <clears throat> ten years yeah. ago. Oh wow, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. No, but I do come across every now and then, and um, my mom's 
email will pop up, you know, as I'm, or, or her yeah. contacts will pop up and I'll just be like, Oh wow. She's dead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I had one of my mom's boyfriends call me to verify that <laughs> he was probably half out of his mind uh, to verify that she was actually dead because he had seen that on Facebook and thought she was posting again. Oh my God. So, yeah. Jesus. Uh, one other thing that, uh, is interesting and in, in, I, I don't know, kind of frustrating or sad is that we find that in our cemeteries in this country, uh, the segregation that we had during life is yep. often continued in the cemetery. Hell yeah. We're not coming together. <laughs> yeah. Nope. No, we lived our would, lives separate and, you know, cr- yeah, crushing yeah. each other. And we're going to go out that way too. Yeah, so you have yeah. like the Catholic cemetery, the Protestant cemetery, the Jewish cemetery, yeah. the African American cemetery. Yeah. It's like even at death, <laughs> we can't it's get over so it. It's so crazy. Like yeah. you know, I get it. You know, like we we've been programmed to see our tribe, and I'm sure that yeah. served yeah. us back in the day. You know that you needed yeah. to be able to recognize your. But now anything that's different at all, we're just wired any to find the differences, to find Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's killing us. Yeah. Yeah. I found we found that up in the Las Vegas cemetery too. It was like the, and there's fences between them. Like we don't Jesus. want anybody coming yeah, over. Don't it's, come it's over here. Yeah. Well, I'm going to I'm going to they're going to bury <laughs> a Jew on top of you. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Red Eagle. I, I want a yarmulke too. <laughs> I'm gonna hold. I'm gonna. I'm gonna hold a Hanukkah in one hand. Uh, put, a, put a sleeping bag in there. Come on in, brother. That's all. We're all that's equal. It. I want to. You know, I, I think I've mentioned this before. I want you to dress up my body as Darth Vader and uh, burn me on a funeral pyre, like they did in the uh, when he died. But I want the, the whole thing. I want the mask. Everything. I thought. You- it's just toxic. Just a toxic black smoke rising from your funeral bar. You could put me on a wooden raft and float me out into the lake and shoot me with a flaming arrow. Just douse my whole pyre with gasoline. You oh, know, that'd I did, be cool. I did, I did find that uh, they, they say that historically Vikings never really did that. Yeah. Like you would not. be buried looking. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, shit, that's a lot of work. Somebody yeah, swim we, out there and bring it back. Bring it yeah. back. It's too far. We can't reach it. It's, it's, can't the current reach it. got it. The current oh, got it. It didn't catch. It didn't catch the arrow. Blew out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go get Leif. Get out there. Go bring get, it back. Minutes, pull it back in. Okay, that's close enough. Now oh, we can shit. Try. It's sinking. Shoot the arrow. Shoot the arrow. Shoot. <laughs> oh, it's how he would have wanted it. That's how he would have wanted it, really. Uh, and then in the end, you're just like, oh, yeah, Leif, we're going to do that. We're going to do that. Yeah, but when I was alive, we tried to do it to the <laughs> other guy, and you guys didn't do it. For me, I want you yeah. to really – oh, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. going to do it. We'll do we're it. Gonna do we'll it. do it. We'll do it. We'll do it. <laughs> I think you need to – I, you know, just to be sure, you need to start the fire before you push it away from the dock. For just sure. Just get it going. Yeah. And then as long as you're doing that, just burn them on the shore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so in his book, The Hour of Our Death, Philippe Arias uh, quotes uh, Jeffrey Gorer, who Gore. said in, his ni- in the 1960s that death has been removed to a distance. Not only are people no longer present at the deathbed, 
but burial has ceased to be a familiar sight. Children have been excluded from death. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> you know, that was yeah. the cool thing about my dad. He said that he wanted to die alone uh, and that and that the per- first person who saw the person <clears throat> who found his body would not yeah. be family. Yeah. Um, and that exact thing happened for him. He died in his apartment and a janitor um, smelled, you know, the body. Yeah. It was really. Yeah. And, but you know what was really cool? And at my cousin Gar, who's, who's a listener. Hello, yeah. Gar. <laughs> Hello, and, Gar. Thank you, Gar. <laughs> and uh, he uh, is a man of the cloth. And yeah. uh, he went and, uh, and, and uh, accompanied my dad's body. Uh, through the uh, uh, you know when he, when he was uh burned, you know through the whole process. Yeah, really. Uh, yeah, really? yeah. I'll yeah. never, I'll, I'll never. That was amazing. What an amazing thing to do. Yeah. Um, and and that's what Gorer says also that there's three categories of bereaved people: those who succeed in completely mastering their grief, those who hide it from others and keep it to themselves. And those who allow it to appear openly. Yeah. I'm the hiding. I hide it. I just do you? swallow it and turn it into cancer. Yeah. That's what I do. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I don't know. I was. Uh, I, yeah. And interestingly, was, speaking of uh, people of the cloth, there's a Norwegian minister named Lars Johan Danbolt who wrote a, a book <laughs> called A Time to Mourn or an article called A Time to Mourn. Mm-hmm. And he says that those who choose to let the burial rite be a time to mourn, in his research, had less anxiety, depression, and loss-related experiences during the first year of bereavement. So okay, it was like absolutely, was, yeah. Lars, yeah. the Jews have got that down, <laughs> down. Yeah. You yeah. say a prayer every week in synagogue in front of the entire group. Yeah. You know, you stand yeah. up. You light the yard site candle for a year, you know, and then after that, once a year, you say it and you're done. And it's just this incredible process. You sit Shiva for seven days. Then you light a candle and and say a prayer once, uh, uh, you know, once a week and light the candle uh, every Shabbat. And then uh, after that, it's just on the anniversary. Yeah. But you've done it. You take advantage of it. You're actually actively grieving. Actively yeah, you, it, there's a process. There's a structure. There's a, a here's yeah. what you do, you know. Yeah. Um, also interesting. Uh, remember uh, Elizabeth Kubler Ross, who had written like the the stages of death and like yes. somebody who finds out their tumor. Well, right before she died in the early 2000s, she wrote a book <laughs> with a, another guy called David Kessler, and it was called "On Grief and Grieving: Finding the Meaning of Grief Through the Five Stages of Loss." And so she had applied that same <clears throat> for someone who the person who is dying, the five mm. stages, uh, you know, which is denial, anger, bargaining, depression mm. and acceptance. Mm-hmm. She she and uh, David Kessler applied those to grieving. And they said that you can also you have those five stages, even as the, the survivor who's grieving someone who has died. So. You know, you have like uh, denial is like, I can't that. believe the yeah. person's gone. Yeah. Uh, second stage anger, you're angry at yeah. the loved one for not having survived. You're angry for not taking care of themselves. Um, and they say, you know, the anger doesn't have to be logical or valid. 
which I think is true. I think people have to grieve in their own way. Um, bargaining, you know, becomes like you'll do anything right. if you're if if they could have survived. And then you have depression in the fourth stage. Yeah. Um, and what's interesting is they say that you know depression's like a, a it's an ex, like a expected reaction to a great loss. But what happens is a lot of people yeah. try to think that you, they need to do something to help you snap out of your depression. Right. And right. sometimes that's uh, not process what you need. It. Get, get past it. <clears throat> right. Uh, yeah. Right. That idea. Yeah. And then finally, it's acceptance. You got to you know, hold depression is, yeah. like a, a <clears throat> cold lover. You just got to make <laughs> out with depression. Stick your tongue right down their throat. That's <laughs> my well, advice. All right, doctor. All right, doctor. Depressed person. You got to hold their hand and run naked. Go skinny dipping (laughs) with depression. I'm going to take my my depression on a vacation to Las Vegas. The 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 knockoff Las Vegas in Nevada. (laughs) That'll make me feel better. That'll make me snap out of it. I'm going to Santa Monica Pier to ride the (laughs) yeah ride the zipper ride with my depression. We get my depression. And I have a timeshare in Cancun <laughs> that we go to every every year for a week. Uh, and then acceptance is like you realize that this is the reality. That it's the new norm that we must learn to live with. Is that our loved one is gone? So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, John, again, yeah. you say you haven't thought about uh, having what you're going to do at your funeral. So I thought I'd just give a few uh, examples from a- around the world and throughout history. Oh, uh, thank just you. give you some ideas. Yeah. Okay. So again, this Good. is coming from uh, <laughs> this. Is, this is coming from Kathy this, Benjamin's this book. This podcast will serve. Yeah, sorry. This podcast will serve as my official instructions <laughs> to my family after I'm gone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> God, I hope I hope it's I hope it's not like glitching or something. Be sure that what, whatever we'll I decide now, yeah, don't undo it. Right now, you got you dress me as Darth Vader. We know yeah. that, and you light yeah. me on fire. But here we go. Let's see what else. Okay, so it, her book is really good. It's really funny and it's really well researched. But just she just kind of lays it out in like little segments about like different funeral customs. Uh, so just part of the history in Paris in the middle ages, uh, you've already talked about the catacombs, uh, but there were so many people dead in Paris that between 1786 and 1788, they had to dig up all the bodies and put them in catacombs (laughs) because they had to make room for all the new dead people coming through. Yeah. And in Palermo in, uh, Sicily in the 1500s, the Capuchin monastery, they would like somehow dry out the bodies of the monks and then put them in like nice clothes and then set them up to where people could come in and look at the monks as if they were still alive. And and then wow. rich people started yeah. to do, rich people wanted to do that as well. So we could do that for yeah. you. Put put you in a nice suit. Okay. And- Dress me up. Hell yeah. You can do whatever you want with my body. Dress yeah. me up, whatever. Drive me around, look whatever at, you want to do. At We'll put you out a little move his arm, make it look dress like me up. <laughs> yeah, you can make me whatever, whatever crazy shit yeah. you want to do. But in the end, don't forget, dress me up like Darth Vader and burn me. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll see. If we're having a lot of fun, it might, it might be a while. At some point, uh, you're going to want to get rid of me. Trust me. 
there's postmortem in the Victorian ages in the 1840s. There was postmortem photography, and that's where you take, yes. <laughs> you take photographs I've of heard the about body. This. Yeah. Oh my god! Like at dinner parties and stuff, right? They would like set yeah. them up. Like, yeah, that's so weird. Why they prop them up in poses and make it look like they were sleeping? Sometimes we could. Why? I don't understand. I, don't I can't yeah. like get a handle on that. So yeah. weird. Maybe because you could, it was like the, it was like the technology because it's the technology yeah. that somehow yeah. keeps them around forever. And you had but to hold it, still for photos. Back yeah. Then. So and they, they did that what? really well. <laughs> they did yeah, they really did. Well. They <laughs> did that part. <laughs> Jesus. You, you could always tell the dead person because they're the one that's not blurry. I mean, they're going to feed all the video and all of the information yeah. of all of us into an AI that will represent us moving forward, right? Yeah. Sort of like in yeah. Superman, remember? they He could talk to his dead oh, dad yeah. because yeah. they had all of the, you know, because <laughs> of the technology. They're going to be able to yeah. do that for us. Like, that's not that far away, really. I could yeah. probably upload... Yeah. This podcast and all of the video I have of you and all the stuff you've written and all of your emails, I bet yeah. I get a pretty yeah. good version of you in AI <laughs> yeah, that I could have forever. <laughs> I get you taxi. Like, just let him go. Okay? Let me go. Let me go. No. Please. <laughs> I get you taxi, Jeremy. I put a speaker in your mouth, you know, so that you oh, can talk yeah. to me. And then I'd have like a. Remember, remember on the $6 million man where you could, there was yeah. a little knob in the back of his head so you could move his yeah. eye. I yeah. could do that so I could move your eyes. It's like, what are you looking at today, John? <laughs> but you know what? I would do it so yeah. well, you'd be like, please let me go. Please let me. That's all you'd be saying. Why are you doing this? You'd take all the fun out of it. <laughs> How about uh, songs? Do you ever think about the songs you want played at your your funeral? Yes, Freebird. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. No, I haven't. I, just the entire Led Zeppelin yeah. two. Just just Led Zeppelin really, two would just, be great. That's my out. story. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. full album. Everybody sit there for the full album. How about, how about we wheel out like a monitor and play song remains the same. Oh, <laughs> the, whole, the whole movie, the whole movie. People that, are being like, well, you and I have seen yeah. that movie many, many times together <laughs> at midnight. Yeah. How many times yeah, you think you've movie. seen that movie? I don't know. It's like, I know all the, the Every dialogue. Every, oh, yeah. when they go in the fantasy scenes and they're out in the, <laughs> <laughs> we can, we'll just I'd play actually, it. What about spinal tap? Maybe you could roll spinal tap. Really? You think yeah. Bring out a monitor and roll Spinal Tap. That'd be good. <laughs> uh, my brother David, again, at his funeral with the pot leaf and the... Yeah. Uh, he had he wanted If You Don't Know Me By Now by Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes played. Oh my God, <laughs> so, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. You'll never know me. If you don't know me by now, you'll never, never, never it's know me. It's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. God it was damn. very funny. Oh. Uh, and then finally, John, uh, in the 1700s in New England, there was a custom that uh, if someone died, their family would give give away pairs of gloves <laughs> to all the yeah to all the people that came to the funeral. They get a, a nice new pair of gloves. What? Okay, I want yeah. you to do that for me. That sounds like a good idea. <laughs> yeah, give everybody gloves, would you? 
Yeah, and even like people who wrote about it at the time didn't really understand why they were giving away the wild. Somebody <laughs> just did it, and then everybody's like, "Yeah, that's yeah. what you do." That's the thing about yeah. ritual; it doesn't really matter. You attach meaning to it, right? Uh, right, and that's how you make it personal. Uh, yeah. so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, so we'll we'll do like a little tote bag for you with some, yeah. <laughs> some samples, sample shampoos and stuff that people can take home. With him. I just want everybody to make out with the person to their right in my <laughs> at my funeral. Will you make that happen? I'll try to. I'll Whoever's try to. on your right, you have to make out with. <laughs> he wanted it. He wanted it. <laughs> so last wish. Last wish. Oh. Uh, so finally, just wrapping up, uh, Philippe Arias also says that uh, death is not a purely individual act any more than life is. Like every great milestone in life. Death is celebrated by a ceremony that is always more or less solemn and whose purpose is to express the individual's solidarity with his family and community. Yeah. So it's about everybody else. Hmm. It's like yeah, a wedding. Yeah. There are two types of weddings. Hmm. You go yeah. to a wedding where it's all about the bride and it sucks. Yeah. Those weddings mm. always, always suck. We're doing it it's for me. It's her special like, day. It's, it's her special, special day. day. You know, that's yeah. why you all yeah. had to fly out to fucking Venice, Italy. <laughs> it's for yeah. it, I'm, we're creating a vacation for you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then there's the other kind of wedding, which is about the the bride and groom putting on a party right. for their guests, and those are the best weddings. Yeah, I always thought it was a wedding's like putting on a show. You know yes. what I mean? It's it's all You're, about the audience. It's you all about put on audience. some good weddings, both weddings. <laughs> I've been to both. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they were both Hopefully great. I'm not putting on anymore. But no, that was, no, uh, you're done. Yeah. You're done. Yeah. But they were, but they were great. They were great. Yeah, it's about the people. It's about the yes. people who have come. And I think a, a, a funeral has to be that way too. Yes, it has to. You yes. know. So. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, so we'll put. You here's record. what I want you to do. I figured it out after all this. I figured out what I want you to do. Okay. It's a little gruesome, but it, it but is okay. what I want you to do. Okay. I want you to cut out all my innards and everything, and just have my skin, and I want you to wear it. <laughs> do of comedy route. Okay. I'll do, I, I need a suggestion of a place. Will you, will you do? People are just shocked. Just with my skin on you. <laughs> just shocked when I walk out. He's still alive. No, wait. What is that McCray underneath him? I need a suggestion of a place and uh, everything's kind of floppy and ill-fitting. Yeah, yeah. You know, they. there was also something I came across, which was uh, a living funeral. Which is like you do a funeral while you're still alive. And then people get to come in and tell you all, all this, how great you were oh, while you were like alive. The, yes, yeah. that's like the wedding that people that they put. Yeah. That's the selfish yeah. wedding. Oh, yeah. fuck. We all got to come yeah. out of here and tell you how great <laughs> yeah. you are, you son of a bitch. And you're still there. Like, you're looking at them like, yeah. yeah. And then, and then yes. what, did, what, what, uh-huh. what did I do then? And what but else? Then, Mm-hmm. That's it, or you show some disappointment, I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, that's well. all you could come up with. Mm. Remind me to rewrite my will. Yeah, oh, they said the problem God. with that is that uh, you know people will come out. You're supposed to do it right when you you know it's imminent that they're going to pass away, but sometimes people mm. rebound. <laughs> so after you've had the living, yeah, funeral, 
they're, they're still gotta, there. That's and then it's wrong. Like, I'm just gonna judge yeah. that. That's wrong. You gotta die <laughs> to get a funeral. <laughs> Is that so crazy? Yeah. <laughs> For yeah. one thing, just, you gotta do. You gotta be dead. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where I draw the line. Living people don't get funerals. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, that is yeah. a rule. Yeah. <laughs> and guess what? Dead people don't get to be born. Yeah. I mean, come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, it's a trade-off. It's a trade-off. Yeah. It all works out. Wow. All right, John. This is a good one. Well, I oh, think we've uh, thank you for this. really thought about our mortality. So Yeah. Well done. Well done. <laughs> this is this is human number two signing off. And this is human number one. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. And uh, thanks to our listener, Josh, for sending in that great topic yes. suggestion. Uh, I hope Thank we've answered you, some of your questions. <laughs> some of your and questions. For, and Josh, for your question, when I die and you're done with my skin suit, after you've done my skin suit performance, <laughs> FedEx it to Josh. That's our thank you give. That would look, that'd look great. Anybody would want that. Whatever you want to do with it, just like, put, it on, put me on a hanger and hang me up in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to keep you in a box out in the garage with the Christmas decorations. Like, go, where is that? I need to put it out. So, I got to go get it dry cleaned. <laughs> I got to get it dry cleaned. <laughs> oh, no. I went out. Guess what happened to the skin? The mice yeah. got it. Bugs got into the skin, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I damn was it. I was wearing it at a party and spilled some wine on it. Got <laughs> 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 to take it in. You can only hand wash that thing. You could All stuff right. me full of hay and put me in the passenger seat so you could do the, uh, oh. the diamond lane Ooh. without getting arrested. Ooh. Now you're starting to make some sense. Yeah, I like that. I like that. All right. Well, if you've enjoyed... a human. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please tell a friend about it. And don't forget to check out our Facebook and, and Instagram for more information about the episodes. John, thank you. Please don't, oh. don't rush into it. We need you, baby. Yeah, it's we coming. need you, baby. It's coming. I'm not going to yeah. lie to you, but uh, not for a while. <laughs> not for a while. We'll make sure it's I'll during a podcast. I'll be spread eagle and face down on you at some point, though. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh. Oh, that just brings up so many questions about the afterlife. Just looking right really at you. Ex existential. Like we actually <laughs> stay there looking at each other. All right, everybody. John, I love, love you. Love everybody you out there, love you guys. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, talk everybody. Soon. Bye.